0: The Return of Politics Wednesday for the first time in uh, 2024, so we welcome back Police Minister, uh, Corrections and Emergency Management as well, Mark Mitchell. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Tim. It's uh, great to be back. And Tangi Utikare, Labour's Chief Whip, Spokesperson for Transport, Oceans and Fisheries, and Associate to Education Pacific with us as well. Good morning. Ora, and uh,
1: Happy New Year to you, Tim, and also to Mark.
2: Splendid. Too,
0: now, guys, um, let's let's talk about uh, the deployment and the rights and the wrongs of that. Do you support this? Does your party support this, Tangi?
1: Oh look, no, we don't. Um, clearly, what this is is uh, the Prime Minister Christopher Luxon committing Kiwis to a conflict that is, is far, far away. You know, let's remember this is a conflict that is in the Middle East. Uh, the Houthis have been essentially engaged in, in the civil war in the region for many years and
2: New Zealand certainly should have no role in it right now. Mark? Look, I disagree. I think that um, for us to bury our head in the sand and say that because it's a long, long way, it doesn't affect us or we don't have an obligation to support and help our partners. I mean, it does affect us. They're attacking the shipping lines. It has a big impact on us down here in New Zealand. It has a big impact on getting the goods, services, medical supplies that people need To them, Um, what the Houthis are doing is completely illegal. It's against all international laws, and we've been very clear that we've got to support our partners, the US uh, and the Brits.
0: Isn't it also about advancing our relationship, Mark, with uh, those uh, countries and also with Australia, and looking to become part of AUKUS eventually?
2: Well, these are our historical partners um, who we have always support. They've always supported us. We've always supported them historically. Um, This does affect everyone. Uh, these Houthis are trying to shut down the supply chain. That does have a uh, material effect on us. They are attacking uh, innocent civilians who are manning. These are civilian ships, they aren't military ships. Um, and it, is ha- it has a massive negative um, impact, not just an economic one, but a human cost as well.
0: Yeah, but from backing off from it, Tony, would we not be risking offending our traditional allies or losing support from our traditional allies?
1: Well, we, we do have traditional allies, and we've... Um, proven that we can take a stand where we need to in the past. You know, we've said that this uh, deployment that was announced this week has shades of Iraq about it. The difference, of course, is that uh, when Labour was in government at the time of the invasion uh, of Iraq under Helen Clark, who was Prime Minister at the time, um, you know, the government took a stand and stayed out of that conflict, despite, despite pressure from others like our traditional allies of the US, Great Britain and Australia. Um mm-hmm. We've always taken a bipartisan approach to these matters, and it's disappointing that that hasn't been the case this time around. And also, you know, we pride ourselves also on being a, a key international player, uh, being part of the United Nations. There is no UN resolution to get involved, and we just think it's not the right thing to do. Oh.
2: Well, All right. Well, well of course... Well, of Very course, quick one, Tange, Mark, you, I want to move on. Well, well, Tony, you do realise that we did deploy um, New Zealand Defence Force personnel to Iraq. They did an extremely important job uh, on the ground there. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that, but, um, but we did have um, NZDF support up in Iraq uh, I during think, that period. Yeah,
0: that, I think that emerged afterwards. We did go to Afghanistan well, as well, did we not? But should, uh, let's move on to uh, some of the other no, stuff that's going did, on.
2: No, no, it didn't emerge afterwards. It was at the front end, and uh, we had engineers up there and we had NZDF personnel who were doing outstanding work on the ground supporting the local um, communities up there. All right, well, I'm happy I, to. Be... I,
1: I, I am also aware that, you know, yes, as part of the reconstruction, um, the, the Labor government at the time did commit uh, to that as well. But for us, uh, now is not the time to get involved um, in, in something that's essentially committing Kiwis um, to uh, an environment that we well, should not be a part of right now.
0: All right, right now, uh, to, uh, well, it's already underway, and the Prime Minister, Winston Peters, arriving there today. Tangi, is now the time to have a debate about the treaty principles?
1: Well, I, well, I am looking forward to going for that myself uh, later today. Not too far from Parliament North, of of course. Um, but clearly, what's happening between David Seymour and the National Party makes for uncomfortable bedfellows. Um, what's really interesting here is that Christopher Luxon, as part of the campaign, actually ruled this Treaty Principles Bill out many times. He described himself as as unhelpful, as as divisive. Um, and let's remember that David Seymour is essentially the Prime Minister in waiting. He is the apprentice. Uh, and this is nothing more than race baiting from him. He, he claims to champion democracy, but nobody is asking for this political position right now. And actually, the Prime Minister needs to show leadership and, and rule it out from the get-go, not say that they're going to send it to a select committee, waste Parliament's time, where he's very clearly indicated that they're not going to proceed beyond that.
0: Wasting Parliament's time, even entertaining it, Mark.
2: Well, they just, the, the, you know, the Labor Party and Greens hate democracy, and the reality of it is the ACT Party campaigned on that. Um, you know, we, we've, we've been very clear um, that as a government, we've got no plans and never have we had plans to amend or rewrite the Treaty of Waitangi. That is our foundation document for New Zealand. But as part of our coalition agreement with ACT, we said that we'd support a, um, a bill about the treaty principles. Based on the ACT Party policy, the first reading, there is no commitment for the coalition um, to support it beyond that point. But that was a um, commitment through the coalition agreement. And I just think that, you know, when you continually hear from the left, racist and all the rest of it, they're just trying to stir up. um, uh, They're trying to stir people up instead of just having a rational discussion and debate as a country. uh, And we should be able to do that in an open democracy.
0: Is that is that a communication failure, uh, Mark, on the part of the coalition to have uh, caused this impression or given the opportunity for people to make such claims?
2: No, Tim, look, we've been very clear from day one in terms of, um, and I, I guess you're talking about the statement that I just made around the government hasn't no yes. plans and never has had to amend or rewrite the Treaty of Waitangi. I mean, um, but no, the, 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 the perception,
0: a, the perception that's out there that the the coalition is
2: anti-Māori. I agree with you, and, and, and you'll see the Labour Party and the Green Party and the Party, Mary Party, continuing to stir up this narrative and this fear in the country rather than focusing on a healthy debate and a democracy to actually figure out that the, the ACT Party obviously is using a selectability uh, select process to have a debate around the principles.
0: All right, I'll give you a quick one on that,
1: Tanguy. What Mark is suggesting there is absolute nonsense and rubbish. What we have here is a coalition government and a national party that it's just very, it has confirmed that they are clearly prepared to entertain this rhetoric. They have no intention of supporting this beyond uh, first reading. However, it will go to select committee. It will continue to have a discussion, continue to waste members of public time, organisations' time, who feel very strongly about this. And already, you know, over the weekend, we've had Kingi Kuheite who said that the best way forward is around peace unity for everyone, that these are issues that are much bigger than politics. And so we, it's disappointing to hear from Mark this morning that it is a government that is continuing to entertain this rhetoric when clearly they have a view and they know that
0: it's wrong. Let's talk about um, the path to restoring law and order. How's that going at the moment, uh, Mark? We've got a new gang chapter setting up on the North Shore, spate of homicides over Christmas, a pack of people saying they're going to stop uh, fishing competition in the far north.
2: Well, there's a big job, don't make no mistake about that. The thing that I've been very pleased since we came into government Just before Christmas, I signalled very clearly to the police commissioner what the um, incoming government's expectations were. We've seen them policing, um, being very effective in their policing of of gang tangis and movement on the roads. Um, It was very effective, the one that sort of travelled from Auckland to Foxton, much heavier police presence. Um, The feedback from the people of Foxton was they felt like the police had full control of that. And then we had another situation in Whakatane, we had the black pound Mungle mob out. Um, The police again had a very high presence, very effective policing. And, uh, the, again, the public response over there was that there was a big difference compared to when um, Labour was in government and the mob took over the township of Apotiki, um and an incoming national government obviously sending a signal that we are not going to tolerate that anymore. But there is a lot of work to do. Um, make no mistake. Uh, we've had six years of a very permissive environment where these gangs feel they can operate with impunity and, um, and we're going to have to be very clear in, in terms of giving the police the policies and the tools that they need and a much tougher and harder policing um, profile and, and approach to actually dealing with these gangs you, uh, you, and, and youth and juvenile offenders.
0: Are you feeling safer in uh, Palmerston North, Tangi?
1: Well, I do You know, acknowledge the, the hard work that our local Constabulary and those that support the police do here in, in Palmerston and in the wider Manwa too. But, Let's not mistake ourselves or kid ourselves that this is effectively now a government that uh, has a track record of not giving police tools. It has a track record of effectively uh, driving down police numbers, a track record of shutting down police stations. And I think Kiwis that I talk to are slightly concerned about that. While we were in government, we increased the number of police. We gave them more powers. We gave them uh, more tools in the toolkit uh, to use. The, The... The Minister, uh, Mark, talks about, you know, looking forward to getting things done. Well, many in the community are still waiting.
2: Well, Tim, let's be be very clear about this. In 2017, when the Labor government came in, under their um, leadership of six years, or lack of it, I should say, we had an over 500% increase in RAM rates. We had a 35% increase in violent crime. We had homicides. We've had police officers having to deal with six firearms incidents a day. So, you know, it's a ridiculous notion for Tangi to sit there and say that under Labor we gave all these resources when everyone could see in the country, could clearly see that their soft on crime approach took us backwards rapidly. And we are going to change that. We have always invested in police. We will continue to do that. We recognise that numbers are important. It was actually our coalition um, government partners, New Zealand First, that promised the 1,800 police and not the Labour Party, and we have actually come out and we've promised a further 500, so there will be more resources. I want to see a much right. higher visibility of police. I'm not going to let you hug it all because
0: we are really tight for time, as you know, so that's very, uh, very slippery of you you're, uh, you're on your first warning there. Uh, Tangi, you've got to respond to that, soft on crime.
1: Yeah, look, I think Kiwis are sick of these marketing slogans that Mark and his team seem very keen and apt at using what they want to see is uh, police on the beat. They want to see people out on the streets. Now, you can only do that when you do give police the tools to be able to do their job. You only achieve that when you have more police on the street. You only achieve that when you give them more powers. And under Labour, that's exactly didn't do what, that. was, what was done. Well, no, we did. You know, when we look <laughs> at the number of police that were on the beat, there is an increase. When we look at the, the nature of power, I mean, you know, for example, fleeing drivers is a, is a key issue at the moment, a huge safety issue. Uh, we introduced changes to legislation that basically allows police to impound vehicles for up to six months for those vehicles if they fail to stop. Okay. So it is always over to the police to choose to utilise these tools. But at a national, you know, I really worry that our communities um, will, will be failed because they have a track sort right. of not delivering.
0: We're going to have to uh, stop it there. Thanks so much for uh, stepping up. Tangi uti Kade and Mark Mitchell for Politics Wednesday.
2: For more from the Mike Asking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.